So, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, we did uh, Elijah. We studied his entire career that's listed in the Bible. And it was quite interesting, the showdown at Mount Carmel. In fact, I called it that, the showdown at Mount Carmel. So we're going to start there in 1 Kings 18.36, but that's not where we're going to end up. That's where we're going to start. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Israel, let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Now I'm going to try and tackle a very delicate subject today. And it is not delicate due to the subject matter. It is delicate due to the people hearing it. For we have become a people who don't know, who don't want to hear that we might be wrong, that we might be lacking, that we might be the problem. We don't want to hear this. When Elijah is up in front of all Israel, the king Ahab, the wicked king Ahab, the 450 prophets of Baal, he stands and he prays, Lord, if it be your will, send fire. And if you don't, that's okay. We'll accept whatever. Is that what he said? That is not what he said. Elijah said, God, this is your people. You are God. I speak for you, the words you told me. So let's show them you are the Lord God. Send fire and let's get on with this thing. That's what Elijah said. He didn't say, if it be your will, send fire. He knew God's will. God told him what his will was. He knew he was praying right. And he didn't pray, if it be your will. He didn't pray, oh, whatever will be, will be. He said, God, this is what I need. God gave it to him. Elijah did not have room for him and Hawing. His life was on the line. He was in a pickle. The nation of God was on the line because Baal's prophets were taking over. He needed God to hear. He needed God to act right then and there. And guess what? God did. He did what God told him to do. And God listened to him when he prayed. Now notice, he says, wait a minute, that I am thy servant, and that I have done all these things at thy word. That's the kicker right there. Elisha, see this, this Bible? Elisha, listen to the word of God. This is the word of God. Elisha prayed. He asked the request of God. A request that his servant might see what he sees, that the servant might know that God is Lord. Now, this is Elisha, not Elijah. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. Elisha saw the angels with the flaming swords and the, 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 the troops of God on the mountain around him. Elisha saw that. His servant did not. His servant is freaking out. 
And Elisha says, God, open his eyes. And God opened his eyes. Because it was the will of God that his eyes were open. How did I know that? Because Elisha talked to God on a regular basis. Elisha was in the will of God. Elisha did the will of God. In fact, everything Elisha did was in the will of God. He didn't do anything that wasn't in the will of God. Now, people will say, well, this is both. This is Old Testament. They're both in the Old Testament. It was different back then. Well, if it was different back then, let's go to James 5.17. Let's see what James, the brother of Jesus, let's see if he says it was different. James 5.17. Elias was a man subject, that's Elijah, was a man subject to like passions as we are. Elijah was a man just as us. He had the same things. He got hungry. He got thirsty. He sweated. He got tired. Like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth brought forth her fruit. James, the brother of Jesus, himself, uses the earnest prayer of Elijah that we might have an example. Why can't we use it as an example? James is far more qualified to talk about it than I am. If he used it, I feel quite comfortable using it myself. James. Old camel knees. We're going to bring that up later, too. The guy who prayed so much his knees were warped by it. The brother of Jesus used Elijah used Elijah as an example of earnest prayer, answered prayer. So the question, why do we no longer have power in prayer? Is it because we pray for our own will and not God's? Probably. Is it because we lost our earnestness? Oh, you bet. Is it because we don't pray? Yeah. Is it because our God is no longer able? Of all of them, that's the only one that is not true. Our God is able. Or is it because our faith no longer believes he is able of doing what he has done? Now, of the five of those, which ones do you think are <laughs> most true? Our God is still able. He hasn't changed. James says, we have no power in prayer because we ask amiss. That means we ask wrongly. We ask for our own Benefit, not for his. Elijah prayed earnestly. God told him what to do. Elijah did what God told him to do. And then God answered that prayer when Elijah prayed, saying, God, let these people know that you are God. And he didn't say, send me a million dollars from my wallet so they know you're God because I'm your servant. No. He's in a little contest for his life that proved that God is the Lord of Israel, not to benefit Elijah. James 4.1 From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your own lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. James says you don't have because you don't pray. James says you don't have because you're asking wrong. James says you don't have because you are praying for your own benefit, not for God. And this is Jesus' brother, James, not my words. Ye adulterers, adulterers and adulteresses, 
Know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? Now what I find most interesting about James and Jude, the brothers of Jesus, the ones who didn't believe in him until after he raised from the dead. Think about that. Now remember that. Before the resurrection, they thought he was nuts. Before the resurrection, they wanted nothing to do with him. Once he raised from the dead, he went to them. They became his most ardent servants. In fact, if you remember, in Jude, he doesn't even claim brother of Christ. He says, I am, but I am a servant of Christ. Think about that. Now, what I think most interesting about James and Jude, they don't pull a single punch when they're writing. They don't pull a single punch. They hit full on hard right in the kisser. They do. Jude, when talking to the false teachers, he hits them right in the nose. James here, talking to the Christians that have no power in their prayer life, he doesn't say, well, you know, you dears, you'll be okay. No, he says, you are the problem. You are the fault. You're asking to miss. You're asking for your own benefit. You're not praying for God's will. You're praying for something that's going to benefit you. That's why we don't have power in prayer anymore. Elijah, Elisha, they had power in prayer because they were in the will of God. They knew what God wanted because they talked to God. Where is war and fighting in the church from? James says, from your lust. Your desire to be first, your desire to be the leader, your desire to be the voice, your desire to be the preeminence. That is where the lust come from. Not because the body of the church comes together and prays for the same thing. When the walls shook in Acts chapter 4, the walls shook because they all prayed united. Nowadays we all pray for what we want in the church instead of praying with a single voice. You have not, for you don't ask. Or if you do ask, it's for your own ones, lust pray for. That's what James, the brother Now why would we pray for our own wants and desires? This is why. Friendship is enmity with God. All those churches out there who are trying to be more world friendly friendship with the world. The gospel the people by itself, years and years. All of a sudden, we have decided we have to put on a show, we have to entertain, we have to get be apart from the world, be separate from the world, be separate to your God, and the world will respond because you have what they need. If they don't need anything from you, because you are them. You cannot pray as God cannot be as God would have you be if you are friends. Not if you have friends. We have to be in the world. But we don't have to be like the world. In the church get along. The world hates God. The world hates the pure 
the justice, the morality. The world hates the example. The world wants to be as corrupt as they can be while still thinking they're good. When you try to make the two dwelling together, but when you make the two compatible, they'll never be compatible for a holy cannot happen. James, the brother of Jesus, the one known as Camel, on his knees in prayer, is telling you why you have no power. In prayer, because you not like God. None of us know how to get on our knees and pray to God. Applicant. As a humble servant. Not trying to look him in the eyes and talk to him because he's holy. To a God who is mighty. We have no understanding of the we have made him to be like us instead we see him as our equal in us, rather than as he is the creator, the final authority in everything. We have no understanding of how we approach him because we hold nothing sacred in him. that we have no standing before him. Thinking of our own selves. We can't go before the Lord of the before the throne of grace, not walk into it demanding. We often quote 2 Chronicles 7, 14, but we forget the part that says humbles. It's a recurring theme throughout history. Not fathom, understand one or anything, especially in America, the in American people. We're only great because no, no, no. Us, we think as great as I am, right? I'm wonderful. I'm fantastic. Wonderful fantasticness means nothing. It is only through the blood of Christ. He doesn't love us because of who we are. <laughs> he loves He is the creator. Therefore, he loves his creation. Really, the creature. He loves the creation. He not necessarily the creature. Even the pride of their status. God had a word for them as well. Often they'll talk about this, but let's listen to what Moses had to say. Deuteronomy. Beware that thou forget in not keeping his commandments and his judgments and his statutes. Which statutes of the Lord. And he's saying, by not keeping this stuff, and art full, and hast built goodly houses, and dwelt therein, multiply and thy silver and all that thou hast is is multiplied 
and that last part is the one there. But that is exactly what Moses is saying. When you get comfortable, when you get life built up, when you're living in a good life, who had you in the bad times, that you crawl to, but then you get to the good times and you forget it. Remember, And the Lord's still dwelling in a, in a, in a, a broken-down temple. God is a jealous God. To a goodly life, to a goodly house, to good food. You're full, you're blessed. You're... You forget God. It's God that has provided for you your own heart. Elijah was upset when he didn't hear from God. Think about that. 
fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That righteousness is the issue, though. We want to walk before the throne of grace. And notice I said walk, not crawl, not bow. We want to walk before the throne of grace. And we want to stand up in our own power and speak to God through our own righteousness when we have no right whatsoever in and of ourselves to approach the throne of God. None. It is only through the sacrifice and the blood of Christ that we can talk to him. It is only through the sacrifice and the blood of Christ that we have salvation. Nothing we have does he need. Everything he has is what we should desire for. We don't have power in prayer anymore because we don't need God. We don't have power in prayer anymore because we're sufficient of ourselves. We don't have power in prayer anymore because we forgot that it's about his will, not ours. If my people who are called by my name, I think it's which are called, by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Did you see all those ands in there? Ands is a continuation. It's not or. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, or seek my face, no, it's and. Humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. That's what God says. But we don't do that because we don't see our way